Amen. If you have your Bibles, will you please turn in them to Matthew chapter 5. All we have is Christ. He is our life. And His life-giving words to us this morning from Matthew chapter 5 as we are continuing in our sermon series on the Sermon on the Mount, Kingdom Living. And specifically, we are focusing in on the Beatitudes. And we will read all of them this morning in verses 1 through 10 and focus on verse 5, the third beatitude. These are the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to us this morning. Seeing the crowds, he went up on the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let's pray. Fathers, your word is opened up to us this morning. The very life-giving word spoken to us, disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray that your spirit would teach us would instruct us, would lay this truth upon our hearts that we would be changed. We pray this in Christ's holy name. Amen. I want you to think with me for a moment, and you could even close your eyes if that will help you to think. (laughs) Think of the godliest person that you know. Think of someone that you would say in your mind and in your life and in your experience is a very strong, committed Christian. Think about that person, whether you're a man or woman here this morning, boy or girl. Think of who that person would be, someone that you know that loves the Lord Jesus Christ, someone who strives to walk and to live with the Lord Jesus Christ every day. Now get this person in your mind. And now that you might have this person in your mind, what are some of the characteristics that you would use to describe this person that is a strong, committed Christian? What are some of the things about this person's life that you would say makes them godly, that makes them very committed to Christ? I'd be willing to bet this morning that some of the characteristics, some of the words, some of the thoughts that came to your mind were not words like strong or boisterous or arrogant or contentious or aggressive or domineering. These would not be the attributes that you would use to describe someone who is strong in their faith, someone who loves the Lord Jesus, someone who is godly. But what about humble? What about mild? 
What about gentle? What about meek? These are more likely the characteristics that you were thinking when you got this mental image, this mental picture of someone who is godly in your mind. And I believe that that's what the Lord Jesus Christ is pointing us to this morning in his word. These beatitudes are attributes, they're attitudes that we are to be. They are representative of a godly person, of someone who's striving to live in the Lord Jesus' kingdom. And one of these attitudes and attributes is meek. Jesus is teaching us that blessed are the meek. And we are told that this is a mark. This is a characteristic of the godly. As I said last week, Martin Lloyd-Jones said this about the Beatitudes. We are not told in the Sermon on the Mount, live like this and you will become a Christian. Rather, we are told, because you are a Christian, live like this. The Beatitudes are the character that we are to strive for in kingdom living. It's important for us to remember and to realize this through each Beatitude that we read and study together, that they don't exist by themselves. These eight Beatitudes, they are one. They go together. They describe the whole corpus of the Christian life. These eight Beatitudes, all of them together, Jesus is describing kingdom living. But there's one thing that I would like for you to get into your heart and to your mind this morning. Specifically as we walk through kingdom living in the Sermon on the Mount. Is that Christians are to be altogether different from the world. Christians are to be altogether different from the world. A Christian is someone who is kingdom minded and strives to live as a child of the king. Kingdom living is very different from worldly living. And these Beatitudes teach this truth loud and clear. Jesus says to his disciples, Blessed are the meek. They are blessed because they are divinely favored. They are demonstrating the character of one who is a child of God. So there's a couple of questions I want us to answer this morning. I want us to look at what does it mean to be meek? And what does it mean that those who are meek will inherit the earth? The first is, who are the meek? The word meek is very hard to define. It's not a word that we use very often. If you were to look it up in the English dictionary, you would find a definition that says something like this, that meek is being quiet, humble, gentle, easily imposed on, submissive. But the Greek word in this beatitude uh, that we've translated into English meaning meek, it only shows up about four times in the New Testament. So we don't have a lot of uh, background, we don't have a lot of context to pull from what this definition means, but we think for the most part in the New Testament, the Greek word for meek is best described as being gentle, as being mild in nature. 
So, so far, up until this point, we've looked at two other Beatitudes, those who are poor in spirit and those who mourn and grieve over their sin are blessed. And so those who are poor in spirit, those who grieve over their sin, a, a logical demeanor that would flow from those two Beatitudes would be someone who is meek. Meekness is it's a disposition. It's an attitude. It's an attribute. And it would naturally flow from those who grieve over their sin, from those who recognize they have no resources in and of themselves to save themselves. That is what meekness is. But let's look at what meekness does not mean. It does not mean being lazy or inactive towards life's difficulties. Meekness does not mean to avoid conflict or out and out to just avoid anything confrontational. Meekness does not mean to be weak in personality or in character. The biblical meaning of someone who is meek doesn't mean that they're a pushover, that they'll just go along with anything. Too often we associate meek with being weak. But to be meek is a strength of character that Jesus gives us here in the Sermon on the Mount. Meekness is not just about our outward demeanor, the way we present ourselves. It's also an inward spirit. To be meek is not to be overly sensitive about everything and anything. A meek man or woman is not proud. A meek man or woman is not looking to glorify themselves, but to bring glory to their king, Jesus. I think we have many misconceptions about what it means to be important, (laughs) to what it means to be valued. And meekness is probably not one of these things that we wish we had more of. I can remember when I was growing up that I thought to be truly popular, to be truly valued and important, that means I had to be a that means I had to be a really good athlete. I had to really excel at sports. Maybe it wasn't sports for you, maybe it's your grades. For you to be really important, for you to be really valued, you better make sure you have a 4.0. Or maybe it's your business, your work opportunities. For you to be important, for you to be valued, you have to be the most esteemed among your colleagues. No matter what it may be, art, (laughs) uh, knowledge, anything. We place value on these things and say that as long as I'm good at them, then I'm important. But these are not necessarily the things that Jesus is prizes as being important, as being godly in character. Because he says, blessed are the meek. Meekness. Lloyd-Jones says it's a humble and gentle attitude to others based on a true estimate of ourselves. It's a humble, gentle attitude to others based on a true estimate of ourselves. Think about someone who is meek. Someone who is meek is someone who is teachable. 
They're ready to learn from the Lord and, and ready to hear from his word and to follow him. But they're also ready to listen to and be discipled by the experiences of others who have lived longer in the Christian faith than they have. They're very teachable. But Lord Jones says this, he says, a man can never be meek unless he is poor in spirit. A man can never be meek unless he sees himself as a vile sinner. To be truly meek is to look at your own heart and your own life and to be utterly amazed that God would save you, that God would love you, that he would care for you, that he would have mercy upon you the way that he has. Sinclair Ferguson said this, it is the humble strength that belongs to the man who has learned to submit to life's difficulties, knowing that in everything, God is working for their good. So what is the essence of meekness? If we were to kind of boil it down to a word that we use more often, to one word that we could identify with, and that would be humility. Humility. A Christian is marked by humility. Jerry Bridges says that he believes that's the primary teachings of all the Beatitudes, that Jesus is trying to teach the Christian characteristic of humility. We could look at all of these Beatitudes and easily see that humility could encompass all of them, that all of them would be a mark of humility. But what is humility? Probably my favorite definition is from C.S. Lewis. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves. It is thinking of ourselves less. Humility is not thinking less of ourselves. It is thinking of ourselves less. And Ferguson says, there is probably no more beautiful quality in, the, in a Christian than meekness. It enhances man, manliness. You ever thought of it that way, men? Being meek, being humble, enhances your manliness. It adorns femininity. It is a jewel polished by grace, but it is all too rare. Is it because so few of us know what it is to be poor in spirit and to mourn over our sins? Because that's where we must start first, as we've looked at the last few weeks we must be poor in spirit. We must be, grieve over our sin. And then we will see that we are in great need of the Lord Jesus Christ. And this humbles us. And this brings about meekness and character. Of course, our Lord Jesus Christ was the greatest example of what it means to be meek, was he not? The, this character of, of meekness, it characterized all of his actions. It characterized all of his earthly ministry. His demeanor that is laid out for us in Scripture and described for us specifically in the Gospels, Jesus was one who was meek. He was mild. He was gentle. He was lowly. 
He was very approachable. Think about the people that had the audacity to approach the Lord Jesus and even touch him and to go to him for advice. He was meek, he was mild, he was very approachable. And of course, this was ultimately summed up for us in what Craig read for us this morning in Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 through 30, where he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle. And lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. This morning, if you don't know Jesus, or if you don't think that you're good enough to come to the Lord Jesus, believe Him, take Him at His word. He tells us to come to him, for he is gentle. He's not the great policeman in the sky looking to give us a righteousness speeding ticket. <laughs> he wants us to come to him because he is gentle and lowly. He wants to give us rest, and he wants to give us love. Because that's who he is. He is meek. And that is what he wants for us. He wants for us to live a life of meekness. So what are some of the characteristics of those who are meek? Well, as we've said already, being gentle. Being gentle. I think this might be a word for most of us men in this room. It was recently described to me by a dear Christian friend whose wife told him, you know, I think when it comes to training and teaching and helping husbands and fathers, the thing that they need to learn the most and the thing that cannot be emphasized enough is gentleness, being gentle. A life of meekness is marked by one is not always getting defensive. Every time someone's ready to accuse you or point out something wrong, that you're not always taking a position of defensiveness. A life of meekness is marked by someone who can receive criticism and can receive rebuke. Can you handle that? If someone were to come to you and say, look, I've seen you living this way and doing this, and brother, I feel like I need to call you out on it. Can you handle that? A life of meekness is marked by someone who, who knows that they are a sinner and knows that they are not perfect. A life of meekness is caring more about what God thinks of you rather than what others think of you. Perhaps it's best summed up by the Apostle Paul in Ephesians 4, verse 32. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, 
forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. We cannot make ourselves meek. We're not called to inflict some type of self-punishment on, our, on us to make ourselves more meek. We have to rely and be led by the Holy Spirit and to trust His work in our lives to make us poor in spirit, to help us to grieve over our sin and enable us to follow our Savior by grace. So perhaps in summary... What does it mean to be meek? Meekness is genuine, humble dependence upon God. Genuine, humble dependence upon God for everything. And there is a great promise attached to those who are meek. Blessed are the meek, divinely favored are the meek, because they will inherit the earth. It's easy at first sight to think that's kind of a, Worldly promise. <laughs> you know, I don't really know a whole lot great about this earth, and I'm not sure I want to inherit it. Is that a good thing? <laughs> well, let's explore what Jesus means here. Jesus seems to be quoting directly from Psalm 37 that we read in our Old Testament lesson this morning. And in Psalm 37, we see almost these exact words Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth, they shall inherit the land. And this psalm, Psalm 37, has a strong, covenantal, kingdom-minded, kingdom emphasis. Earth, here, they shall inherit the earth, could also be translated in Greek to the word land. And so when we think about the word land, and they shall inherit the land, and we look at it in the Old Testament context... We see that the land, the promised land, carries the overtones of God's promise to Israel. God's covenant promises to Abraham. The promise that he shall inherit a holy land, a promised land. And the Israelites were not just to go in and overpower and conquer this land, which God would call them to do. But they were more importantly to inherit it. The land was God's gift to his people. It was his promise to them. And this promise comes to us. A very common misunderstanding about this world, about this earth that we live in, and a very common misunderstanding about what that means, what this world and earth means for eternity, is that it's all just going to be annihilated. It's all just going to burn and blow up and be no more. Brothers and sisters, that is not what the Bible teaches. That is not the testimony of Scripture. What the Scripture says is that there will be a new heavens and a new earth. And somehow these new heavens and this new earth is going to be perfectly joined to the earth in which we now live. This earth, this world. But to understand this completely, to understand exactly what Jesus is talking about here, we need to go back and look again at kingdom theology. And we studied kingdom theology some weeks ago, and we studied that the kingdom of God 
That was Jesus' primary message. That was his primary theme in all of the Gospels. Specifically, that is the background, the context for the Sermon on the Mount. Kingdom living, the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of God could be defined this way. It's God's people in God's place, living under God's rule and his promises. The kingdom of God is God's people in God's place, living under God's rule and his promises. The Old Testament burden of the kingdom was beginning to take shape and was beginning to take form in where our adult Sunday school classes will begin studying this morning in the book of 1 Samuel. And in that book and in many of the Old Testament historical books, we'll see the, the rise of a nation of God's people being set up in the promised land. And this promise of a kingdom, it, it goes back way, way, way back even to the time of Abraham. And God made a great promise to Abraham, right? I will make you into a great nation. And look up at the stars in the sky. Your people will be as numerous as the stars in the sky. But even further, this promise goes back to the cultural mandate to Adam and Eve. When God says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. Because what God was essentially mandating to them and was telling them was you are to take the kingdom of heaven and you are to set it up on this earth and you are to multiply it. That was God's original plan. But as we observed in the the last beatitude last week, and we'll point out here in this beatitude that Jesus' promise of inheriting the earth is eschatological in nature. And what that means is there is an eye toward the end, an eye toward the consummation of all things. So when Jesus says that the meek will inherit the earth, it is the meek who will rule and reign with Christ in the new heavens and the new earth. One scholar says this, Jesus is looking forward to the coming of the messianic kingdom. In the end, it is the meek, not the self-assertive, who will have a place in God's kingdom. And that is what Jesus is calling us to do this morning, to look forward, to look ahead to the new heavens and the new earth. Because now that Christ has come, now that he has inaugurated the ultimate fulfillment of God's plan. It is the meek. It is the obedient. It is the humble. It is the kingdom-minded who will inherit the earth. It will be their dwelling. And Yahweh God, the King, the Lord Jesus Christ, He will be our King. And we will be his people. And we will live together forever in his kingdom. And he will be our king. Jesus says, 
Blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are the meek. For they will be a part of the forever kingdom. And they will be with Jesus in the new heavens and the new earth forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray. Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for this good news. Thank you that there is, there is meaning in life. That we have an ultimate purpose. And that is to be with you forever and ever and ever. In the new heavens and new earth. Help us to long for your kingdom to come. We pray that your will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we pray that you would work in us, that you would mold us, that you would shape us into being meek. And to see that this is a a blessed characteristic of being a child of your kingdom. Help us to look to you, Lord Jesus. You are the author and perfecter of our faith. You are the one who says to come to you, for you are gentle and lowly in heart. And so we come to you this morning, and we praise you, and we thank you, and we ask that you draw us closer to you. We pray this in Christ's name, amen.